This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome along to this podcast and we were able to catch up with a master producer on the show. It was a real joy to talk to Anish Guerra who's worked all over the world in the likes of the Ministry of Sound in Pasha in Ibiza and has worked with some big artists as well. Fabulous to chat with him and learn a little bit more about what goes on when it comes to production of dance music. Do enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show weeknights 8 through 10 here on Dubai Eye 103.8. This is the night shift on Dubai Eye 103.8 the UAE's number one talk radio station Welcome back into the show and a little bit of music production is what's on the menu next and I uh, can't believe I've not had him in my studio before because he's worked with all the big, big names uh, around the world including the Ministry of Sound and uh, Pasha in Ibiza, uh, EMI UK. Uh, it's great to have Anish Guerra joining us on the show. Anish, how are you? Hi, mate. Thank you very much for having me for starters. Yes, not doing too bad. Yourself? Uh, you're very good. I mean, you've done it all. You've done radio, audio engineer, director of nightlife, labour owner uh, tell me about this journey of yours getting into the world of music feeling my age mate i wouldn't put it that way uh no it's been a it's been a pre- pretty cool ride to be honest with you yeah um i credit my mum to be honest uh, with actually getting me into it okay um because growing up in, I'm, I'm from goa originally yeah. right so growing up in goa we didn't have too much of uh, english radio and my mum was between canada and the uk throughout the throughout the 70s mm-hmm. And she used to actually record radio on cassette tapes. Did she? Yeah, and bring them back. So I've grown up listening to Radio 1, Kiss FM, um, you know, Heart yeah, and yeah. the Works, right? Yeah. And I think that kind of uh, laid in uh, a foundation. Foundations, yeah. yeah. What a cool mum, eh? I'm telling you, <laughs> Recording all those. <laughs> I mean, what kind of music were you into when, you know, while you were listening to these snippets of radio? I mean, right. what were some of the bands that you think, oh, I'm loving that? Or maybe solo artists, dance music. What, what were you into? So all of the above, but there are a few records that really stood out for me. Yeah. And it's strange. I mean, it's it's so refreshing to have a question like that because no one's, no one's really asked me that. And I think one of my first memories of a record that I absolutely adored was uh, Pet Shop Boys, 1983, yeah. um, Always On My Mind. Right. If yeah. you remember that, right? Yeah, I do. It was kind of a reworking of, of the Elvis class. Exactly, wasn't it, right. You know? yeah. And a complete flip as well. Yeah. I loved the synth pop and probably gave rise to synth pop, I think. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that was that was cool. I think that was one of the first records that uh, Mum brought back that kind of stayed with me, and I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" <laughs> the Pet Shop Boys. I mean, they had a great success, as you say, yeah. in the nineteen eighties. Very synth pop, kind of at the driving force. Human League was another one oh, that, yeah, that was that yeah, was yeah. in there. So it was kind of the eighties when you were really getting into into music. Yeah, well, strangely enough, the the sort of older I get, the further back I start looking. Yeah, and uh, my guilty pleasure is seventies uh, funk and soul. Okay, And uh, I mean, I wasn't around uh, at that point, but I still think, you know, it would have been really cool to have been involved in the music space back then. Yeah. So um, are we talking James Brown? Are we talking, you know... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, of Motown, course. Motown, Barry White. Yeah. Motown, I think, is, is where my heart is and, and just funk. So, yeah, all, all, anything Quincy. To be yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind of uh, one, of, one of my heroes. Can I throw Earth, Wind and Fire in as well? Of course, of course, of <laughs> course. Legend. Um, I mean, when did you realise that you wanted to make a career, though, from, from music? You know, you're listening to all these cassettes from mum mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, listening to a lot of funk music. When did you think, this is something that I want to pursue um, professionally? So I saw my first DJ really young. Um, and it was it was quite an, a unique experience for me because I'd never seen anything like it. Went to a small little nightclub in Goa, and I I was searching for the band. 
couldn't find it, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, back in the day, I mean, you, you couldn't find the DJ because no one cared about him, right? He was under the stairs or behind the bar or, you <laughs> yeah. know, next to the storeroom yeah, kind yeah. of a thing. And I was like, hang on a minute, there's 300 people here for this one guy in the corner. And I found that really empowering. Mm. And uh, for me, I didn't enjoy playback bands because I found all the drums sounded the same. The snares sounded the same. You know, I wasn't aware of what a snare was at the time. Yeah. But I just felt that everything sounded the same naturally because you got one drum kit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I love the idea that you had someone playing actual recorded music and every record was so different. And that's when it kind of, I think the seed kind of took root and I went, okay, let's give it a go. Yeah. And it was never meant to be a career. I just wanted to do it for fun. And I, and I, I still want to do it for fun. I mean, it's, it's my, it's my whole existence kind of thing. But I mean, when right. you look at your resume, which uh, <laughs> I mentioned at the start, I mean, you've, you've certainly uh, done your apprenticeship, haven't you? And, and come out the other end. I mean, I tell me like some it. of the highlights of, of your career. I, me- I mentioned Ministry of Sound and, and sure. Ibiza. Sure. Uh, tell me some of those highlights. Sure. Um, okay. So I'm one of those people who's quite unconventional. So I've always ran before I could walk. Okay. Right. To give you a little bit of an idea, I bought my first vinyl before I had a turntable. Bought my first CD before I had a CD player because I knew it would come. Yeah. Right. I think my first uh, highlights, highlights, I would say getting on board with the, with the music festival uh, crew in Asia was a big one for me because uh, you felt that there was a movement and I've been very uh, always drawn to something like that to build mm-hmm. and be a part of a family. Mm-hmm. So that was a big one for me from the Sunburn crew to Supersonic to the works. I mean, we started off with 1500 people in the beach. Right, and we grew that to about eighty thousand in about eighty thousand. Oh yeah, easy. You've been on a stage in front of eighty thousand people. Yeah, I have. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah. What's the vibe like? What's the what's the you know the feel like of that? I'm sure you know this, right? I mean, I've been reading up on yourself as well, and you're, and you're a very um, <laughs> a very impressive figure. But the the larger the crowd, the easier it is. Mm, yeah. You know, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, the energy just goes. When there's like half a dozen people and, you, you know, you That's can, challenging you can see their eyeballs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, now that, that is, is very scary. That is very challenging for sure. So, yeah, so the big crowds are cool. Um, but honestly, I, I love the intimacy. So smaller, dark room. That's why ministry is is there. Yeah. That was a benchmark for me. My first gig in, at ministry, it, I can't, it's kind of like the pinnacle, right, for any DJ. It's like a rite of yeah, passage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that first gig was emotional for me. Hundred percent, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I remember where I came from, and in the music space, I always say that I came from less than nothing. You know, nobody wanted to book you, uh, nobody believed in you, no one supported you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, you you weren't really well off in the music industry at all, right? And um, to go from there to to playing main room at Ministry, and I, if I remember correctly, I was opening for for BT, uh, who's again one of my heroes. I mean, three time Grammy nominee in the works. And uh, the strange thing about ministry is when, when the main room opens, the clubs actually opened 90 minutes before that, and then the main room opens. So you actually have an influx of about a thousand people in five minutes. There's no other room quite like that. Um, so your party starts literally instantly. Wow. Yeah, at midnight. So the club opens at half 10, but yeah. the main room opens at midnight. Very clever, actually. <laughs> um, so that was, a, that was a big one for me. I'm going to sure. play a little clip. We've got some Please. clips of your music. Um, uh, Jaipur. Um, yes. Tell me about this. Like I said, I'm the, I'm the unconventional guy, right? Yeah. So uh, after I wrote uh, a fair bit of music and uh, people like yourself would constantly challenge me and ask me going, why haven't you done anything in India? That was a very good question. And uh, embarrassingly, so I hadn't. So, um, and judging by my dodgy accent, I, I could barely speak Hindi, right? Okay. Um, so one thing led to another during lockdown, this fantastic singer reached out to me on Instagram 
and said, you know, I'd love to do something. And I mean, look, I'm, I'm quite far left. I'm, you know, writing underground progressive house music right now. Yeah, and she yeah. was like, I just want to be a part of it. So long story short, uh, when I work with a, when I'm writing a new record, I like to have an idea or a theme as to where I'm going. So the idea of Jaipur was unobtainable love. You found the love of your life. You're perfect for each other. You, you guys just don't connect. The timing's never right. right and right. that was the concept behind Jaipur. And I went, I want to write this in Hindi. And uh, we sat down. She wrote the lyrics in about 15 minutes. I was like, great. Uh, turned one take. That recording is one take. That's the first take. First take. Let's, let's have a listen. Please. So there's a little clip then of something called uh, Jaipur, produced by our special guest Anish Gera tonight. Lovely vocal on that. Tell me about the making of it and the production and all those lovely wavy synthy <laughs> sounds that are happening on that. Um, well, like I said, this happened during lockdown, right? So there wasn't yeah. much to do. Um, wrote the record as an instrumental. And like I said, Chitraleka just kept literally hounding me going, can we please write a record? And I had been this, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I, I, I didn't think it was good enough. That's a little insight into the music industry for you. So I wrote it and thought, okay, I'm not going to put it out. It's, it's, not, it's not there. Mm -hmm. I just sent it to her. We agreed on the lyrics, didn't have a piece of music. And she turned that back in probably three hours. That's she turned that vocal yeah. back in three talent. hours, literally got on email, ran off to a studio, yeah. um, you know, recorded the vocal, fired it back off to me. And I, and I was floored, you know, because I mean, <laughs> I've, I've worked with a few people in my career, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've done some pretty, pretty cool music and I've been quite fortunate, but this really caught me by surprise. Wow. Um, and, and how then, was it received? Did it do <clears throat> well in terms of streaming? Um, streaming hasn't caught on as well as I anticipated, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, and it's quite frustrating because I think... This is the, the, the chat we have with, with all my, my music buddies in the space. Who are we really catering to now? Am I catering to an audience, a human being, or am I catering to an algorithm? Mm, right. Right? Yeah. So because I have no issue if someone doesn't appreciate the art. That's absolutely fine with me. Everyone's entitled to your taste and your opinion. Yeah. The issue we're having is people not hearing music. Right. So if you look at what's happening in Spotify right now, mm -hmm. the, the amount of music releasing on a day-to-day -day basis is obscene. Yeah. Right. So how are you meant to sort of stand out from the crowd? <laughs> it's impossible. Isn't exactly it? my point, you know, so yeah. and these are the conversations we keep having in the music industry that, yes, technology is amazing and the numbers are amazing and it has helped. However, is it really helping people or not? Is it helping musicians or not? So that's the, the question. And um, I mean, you have a look at my Spotify. The numbers are all over the place. 
right? I'm one of the first people in in, in this part of the world to have hit uh, six million for yeah. uh, underground dance music. Yeah. Um, and that's for three or four records. But then I, I think one of my best pieces of music has got four thousand plays. That's it. <laughs> Right, we're gonna you know. come. We're gonna come back and find out what that piece of music is. You also mentioned as well. You bought your first vinyl before a turntable, and I want to know what that <laughs> vinyl was. We'll come back with more from uh, once again our special guest tonight on the show. Great talking to Anish Guerra. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back. Anish Guerra is with us talking music and music production. First question, what was that first vinyl <laughs> that you bought before the turntable? <laughs> I gave you a clue, right? All so, right. So Quincy's on. my hero. Quincy Jones, right? Right, yeah. Highest selling album of all time. Uh, thriller. There you go. Right. So Thriller was the album, the first Thriller one was that the you album. bought. Yep. Wow, nice one. Yep. I've been lucky enough to interview Quincy Jones twice. No. And it's been the highlight no. of my career. Yeah, really? Yeah, really. You, you need guy. to tell me about that at some point. <laughs> yeah, I will do that. I will do that. Now, let's can just talk a little bit about some um, music production. What, what do you think are the essential qualities of a good music producer? Of a good music producer? Uh, wow. Um I mean, DJ slash producer. I mean, it's, it's kind of all bottled into one these days, isn't it? You know? We'll respectfully disagree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I always try and explain that to people that it's, it's definitely two different things. Right. right. So music production is where you're writing, creating, releasing music. Yeah. DJ plays records back to back. Yeah. And so fills a dance floor, hopefully. Th- there you go, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, so there are some amazing music producers who are awful DJs and, and vice <laughs> and vice versa. You know, so it is very much two different things, mm-hmm. but kind of in the same realm, in the same world, so to speak. Um so for for me, I mean I love that question. I think analytical is really important mm-hmm. to to be able to analyze, break down, figure out what's going on. Uh that would be one thing. And I think from the creative side, Oh, just be yourself. Yeah. You know, because this whole, you know, copycat kind of thing just doesn't work. I think diplomacy as well, because, you know, at times you might have to tell an artist, don't do that. Do it like this. <laughs> yeah. That's not an easy <laughs> so job. That, exactly. Knowing the egos of, um, yeah. of a lot uh, for of For me, that. it's more the language barrier, to be honest. Okay. Because uh, I started a record label 10 years ago, and, and somehow we ended up signing over 100 artists to the label. Mm-hmm. And we've got three lovely gentlemen from, uh, from Southeast Asia, one from Japan. And that was very tricky, you know, just trying yeah. to explain to him, yes, I'm signing your record. I love your record. I'll, I'll, I'm backing it. I'm investing in it. However, could, could we tweak this on the balance? Yeah. You know, could, could we have the baseline a bit lower and the drums a bit higher? Right. right. And they would be like, no, why? No, yeah. don't, don't mess with that. Yeah, don't, don't you know what it. I mean? Yeah. So Now, is there an artist that you'd really love to collaborate with at the top of your shopping list? You know, we Ooh. put you out there tomorrow and said, right, anybody that you want, anybody in the world, any genre, who would you like to collaborate with? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a huge list, but um, like I said, for some reason, I, I think I tend to look more towards the past and a bit more of an old school guy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think any of the greats, you know, from the Roger Sanchez's to the Danny Tanaglia's to Florence Welch, who you spoke about yeah, earlier today, yeah, yeah. I think one of the best vocals in dance music by far, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, there is one gentleman actually from America called Kerry Chandler. Okay. Who I'm not sure if you've heard of him. No. Is uh, he's probably in his late 50s, early 60s now. And this gentleman, as a producer, he's a, I mean, he is probably a, a, an eighth or ninth grade jazz pianist and he writes house music. 
Really? So you can imagine. Yeah. It is full of soul. It's yeah. typical house music. Full of soul, full of love. But there's some lovely jazz licks Incred- in there You have well. no idea. Yeah. The, the man's a legend. <laughs> so I think that, that would be my wish list. Let's put another clip on of yours, shall we? Um, I won't let you fall. So there's another clip from, uh, once again, our special guest, uh, I Won't Let You Fall, uh, Anish Gera, producing that piece of music. You can pick your singers, can't you? <laughs> what a lovely voice that lady's got. Tell me about her. I, I actually am I'm the one who is very fortunate here. Uh, Jess came to us. Yeah. So Jess is a three-time Grammy uh, nominee, and she's won a Grammy, I think, in 2003. Are you familiar with the record called As the Rush Comes by Motorcycle? No. It was one of the biggest trance records in 2003. Okay. Probably up there in the top three of trance records ever produced, and that was Jess. Mm. So she's been on the, you know, on the part of the Grammy committee for almost 20 years now. And the original of that, you would not believe, is 138 BPM full-on uplifting trance. Right. And they came to me and said, you know, would you remix it? Yeah. And I've always felt that ambient and down-tempo is electronics, mus- electronics answer to modern-day jazz. It's what we would do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was my approach with this. I said, I do these stupid challenges to try and push myself. So I said, I'm going to remix this yeah. entire record, not a single drum. Yeah. And lovely, n- lovely groove on it though, isn't Thank it? You. you know, um, really beautifully done. So what are you working on at the moment then? Uh, what's, <laughs> uh, you know, what's keeping you busy? Uh, right well, in, ter- in terms of writing, I've actually fallen in love with a new subgenre that's just sort of t- starting to take root in the industry called organic house think it's going to be the next big thing to be mm-hmm. honest with you and um it's nicer it's sort of the more organic uh analog side to dance music yeah uh really light uh very much a sunset kind of a, a vibe yeah. and yeah. look i'm from goa so sunsets in the bones yeah yeah right um so i'm kind of working on that at the minute to see if uh, i'm any good at it uh so experimenting with that mm-hmm. uh work-wise in dubai yeah life keeps me quite busy at caesar's palace 
Okay, so yeah, you're the, uh, kind of the kind of director of entertainment, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and nightlife. So we've got uh, we've got quite a bit coming up over the next few months. Uh, mm -hmm. Should average about 18, 20 gigs a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, launching uh, launching our beach club in a couple of weeks as well, called Venus. Uh, got a huge opening weekender. You must come down. I'd love to have you at some point, yeah, any yeah. point. Uh, we, we do all sorts of music. So, you know, we have uh, activations based around Motown and the 1960s to Latin to rock to, um, you know, uh, organic house and, and down tempo, progressive and the works, really. All so right. book me in for the Motown. 100%. Sundays. <laughs> any Sunday you want to come, please be my guest. Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye. That's definitely my kind of a bag. There you go. Uh, finally, if we want to follow you and um, keep up to speed with what you're getting up mm -hmm. to, uh, Anish, how can we do that? Oh, I, I tend to mix things up a lot. So uh, it's the handle's my name. It's at Anish Kara everywhere. So just grab me wherever you, wherever you need to. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm addicted to, to the gram, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I get into trouble most of the time because there's more pictures of, of my dog on it than, than me. <laughs> um, you know, can't be bothered with it, to is, be honest. Does your dog do a few gigs as well? You know, I've taken Toto to the studio a few times. I have, you know. But uh, yeah. Toto? Yeah. Oh. There you go. Named after the band or after Named the, after yeah. my favorite band. <laughs> so, so amazing. Absol absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, Anish, we could chat all night, couldn't we? Uh, I think really we could. could. It's been fantastic having you in our studios, and I know we're going to be uh, crossing paths again, I'm sure, with uh, all that you're getting up to and uh, all the music that you uh, turn out and, and produce. Anish Guerra, once again, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks on for the having show. me. It's been thank a real you. pleasure. Take it easy. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.